Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Thank you very much, Michael, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to share on the subject of prayer. Prayer has been part of my life since day one, when I was born again and received the Holy Spirit. I, I do not recall a time or a day that I had not prayed. And so what I'm going to be sharing with you is from the Word of God, but also from what I've learned from my years of experience in the field of prayer. So if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do so, grab your Bibles as well, because we're going to do a teaching this morning, a study on the subject of prayer. And the title of my discourse is Prayer, the Disciples' Way of Life. I've entitled this Prayer, the Disciples' Way of Life. And as a foundational scripture, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, and we're going to read from the New King James Version. This is Jesus speaking on the subject of prayer. Matthew 6, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, let me share something with you, which for me, it's very important. When I read that word, but you, I put my name in there. But you, Andrea, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place. This is Jesus speaking to me. So whenever you read the Word of God, especially instructions such as these, put your name in it. Make it personal. Because when you read the Word, Jesus is speaking to you. When you pray, you are speaking to God. So we see here in these opening statements that I'm going to make, is that the Lord's instructions are very clear concerning the subject of prayer. Notice that he did not say, if you pray, but he said, when you pray. That means that he expects every disciple of his to engage God in a lifestyle of prayer. Jesus promised that if we do that, there is an open reward for those who pray in the secret place. Many people say, well, I pray while I'm driving. I pray while I'm working. I pray while I am doing my, uh, my exercise or whatever. That's wonderful. And we need to be in an attitude of prayer all day long. But Jesus says that there has to come a time when you get into your room, your prayer closet, and there you shut the door behind you, 
and you pray in the secret place. And, and we cannot get away from that. If you want a robust lifestyle of prayer, you need to be doing that on a regular basis. Not only did Jesus promise an open reward, but he also sent the Holy Spirit to us to live within us in order to help us pray the way we ought to pray. So we're not alone in this. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 to see this from your own Bibles. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into the heart of every believer to help us, to guide us, to teach us, especially in the place of prayer. This is what Romans 8.26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What a wonderful promise from God. Jesus speaking to the disciples about the signs which will take place before the end of the age, he concluded his discourse with these words. Luke 21, verse 36. Luke 21, verse 36. He said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Please notice the phrase, pray always. Those who always pray are counted worthy not only to escape the things that are coming upon the earth, but also to stand before the Son of Man unashamed when he returns to earth. Throughout the New Testament, if you are a diligent student of the New Testament, you will see that we are exhorted and encouraged to always pray and not to faint. Never give up on prayer. Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, he instructs the believers in Ephesians to be praying always with all prayer, he says, and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. As you can see from the number of scriptures that I have just given you, we are expected as disciples of Christ to always pray. The word always means every time, on every occasion, without exception. I know some people pray more when they are in trouble, but we should always be in an attitude of prayer. When we're joyful, when we are afflicted, James says, is any one of you afflicted? Let him pray. Prayer, therefore, is the foundation upon which we build our spiritual lives. And we need to really understand that prayer is the foundation upon which we build our spiritual lives. And I know this from experience, from counseling many people over the years, 
that believers who are not engaging God in a lifestyle of prayer have no foundation to stand on. Their walk with God is very unstable. One day they up, the next day they down. One day they cold, next week they hot. No consistency. And there is no clear evidence of bearing any kind of fruit to the glory of God. We cannot possibly cover everything there is to cover on this all-important subject of prayer in one session. Michael will probably pick up next week and add to what I am laying a foundation on today. But what we'll do through this morning is to cover some of the basic and foundational aspects of prayer. In my prayers, I continually ask the Lord for greater depth of understanding, greater revelation concerning the subject of prayer. Why do I do that? So that I may be able to teach it in such a simple way so that God's people can grasp it, and not only that, but be attracted to a lifestyle of prayer in a way that it becomes a joyous experience rather than a grudging obligation. And we need to learn how to find joy in our time of prayer and not do it as a religious duty, something that, that uh, we should do, but something that we love to engage God in prayer. For many, though, Prayer has become burdensome, and it's a fact. It has become a religious duty, and the main cause for that is because I believe the relationship with the Lord has grown cold. Now, in such cases, prayer is almost non-existent. If prayer is to be restored and given the rightful place, I believe, in the life of such individuals, the relationship and intimacy with the Lord needs to be restored first. I know that the way back to the Lord is not always easy. Sometimes it's difficult, but it's not impossible. Where there is a willingness to do so, I believe God will grant mercy and grace for repentance and restoration. And God's promise is that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. That's what the promise says in the epistle of James. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And in such cases, as we approach God in an attitude of humility, God will forgive, God will restore and bring us back to himself. Now, let's answer this all important question. What is prayer? How do you view prayer? What is it to you? Well, prayer is many things, but primarily prayer is fellowship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus, His Son, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is just a conversation of our hearts with God, whom we have a relationship with through Jesus Christ. It's not just asking God for things. It's more than that. 
Sometimes prayer is simply waiting on God, enjoying his presence as you fellowship with him. Many times this is what I do. I don't say many words. I don't pray many prayers. Sometimes I just sit and enjoy the presence of the Lord in the person of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just sitting and listening to God as he speaks to you, as he addresses certain things in your life, in my life. Prayer can also be used as a spiritual weapon as we join forces with God the Father, pushing back the forces of darkness in our lives and in the lives of people we're praying for and bringing heaven into the earth. Jesus taught us to pray this way. He said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the primary way where we bring heaven into a situation by praying or into a person's life. We bring the presence of God into someone that we are praying for. Prayer is primarily a ministry. God has given the ministry of prayer to every believer in the body of Christ. There is not a single one of us that is not called to pray. We all have a ministry of prayer. Through it, we minister to the Lord. We minister to the body of Christ. We minister to our families, to ourselves, as well as we minister to the sinner. Many believers are waiting on God to give them some kind of a ministry. And yet they don't realize that they already have a ministry. The greater ministry of every other ministry is the ministry of prayer. Now, it is through prayer, I believe. I mean, that's that's what I've experienced in my own personal life. My ministry as a minister of the gospel began in the prayer closet. It is through prayer, I believe, that every other ministry is birthed and released. If we are unfaithful in the ministry of prayer, why would God entrust us with any other ministry? I don't believe that he will. God calls his people to always pray. And prayer is a calling from God. And it is foundational to everything else God calls us to do. It's important that we understand that. When God gave us the ordinance of prayer as a means of communion and fellowship with him, I believe he literally gave us himself. That is why prayer should occupy and receive our highest attention and priority and form an indispensable part of our daily lives. The Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. In other words, be in an attitude of prayer all day long. Why? Because prayer sustains our spiritual life and maintains our union with Christ. That's how we maintain intimacy and fellowship with the Lord through the ministry of prayer. As you can see from the scriptures, our Lord Jesus was in constant fellowship with his father while here on earth. 
He said that he did nothing without seeing the father do it. He never spoke a word without hearing his father say so. Wow, how was he able to do that? By being in an attitude of prayer all day long. He inquired from the father. He saw and heard the father in prayer and he was in constant fellowship and communication with him. In saying all of that, I want us to look at now some of the benefits of prayer. And it's important for us to see value in our prayers. One of the, I believe, great benefits of prayer is that prayer prepares us for what God has prepared for us. Prayer prepares you for what God has prepared for you. I believe that if you are a person who always engages God in the ministry of prayer, you will not be surprised by anything that takes place in your life. You will know by the spirit because you have been prepared as you pray and as you engage God, you become sensitive to the spiritual realm. You are able to see things that others are not seeing. You're able to hear things in the spirit that others are not hearing because your spirit becomes sensitive as you engage God in prayer. And I believe it is in the prayer closet that most of our training and preparation takes place. It is there as the spirit begins to open the word of God to you and takes the written word of God and makes it life and light to your situation. Prayer will also deliver us from limitations, human limitations and mental restrictions which have kept us in prisons of habitual sins and weaknesses. It is in the place of prayer that you receive inward strength to overcome the weakness of the flesh. That's why Jesus said, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Temptation will come. The question is, are we strong enough not to enter into it? And prayer is a means of strengthening our inner man our spiritual man in order to overcome temptations that come our way from day to day. Prayer will also free us from all fear and prejudice and will empower and enable us to walk in freedom and liberty of the Holy Spirit. And that's what prayer will do. The psalmist said in Psalm 34, this poor man cried out to God and the Lord delivered him from all his fears. So there is deliverance in the prayer closet. Prayer will also take you into places that nothing else will. It will create platforms for you to stand on. It will open doors of utterance and give you favor. It will give you entrance into families, communities, cities, and even nations that you pray for, for the purpose of influence them in Christ and his kingdom. Prayer 
will mark the boundaries of our influence. In other words, we cannot influence people beyond the scope of our prayers. We can only influence those we pray for. Because when you pray for someone, you create an affinity or an intimacy, and you open up yourself to the Lord to speak to you on behalf of that person you're praying for or the family you are praying for. Prayer will strengthen, as I've mentioned, your inner man and will fuel you with passion. And if there's one thing that lacks in the church of Jesus Christ today is passion for the things of God. Prayer will birth that passion in our spirits. And it also imparts to us whatever we need for the day as well as for the people we are praying for. These are tremendous benefits as you engage God in a lifestyle of prayer. Another wonderful blessing that prayer will do for you is purify your heart and mind, resulting in us being separated from the things that do not enhance or help the purposes of the kingdom for the mission that God has given to us. The greater our prayer life, the greater will be our separation from the things of this world. In other words, it is your prayer life and the strength of your prayer that will ultimately separate you from things and even people who do not enhance, who do not strengthen or help the plan of God for your life. And I've learned this also from experience. No man or woman is greater than their prayer life. If you want to measure the spirituality of a person, you ask him what his prayer is like. No man or woman is greater than their prayer life. God's plans and God's purposes for our lives are birthed and released only through the womb of prayer and fellowship with the Father. And many things which are in the mind and the plan of God for you will remain unborn unless you take them to the Lord in prayer, unless we seek the Lord with all of our hearts, as Jeremiah says. I want you to look up a couple of verses in Jeremiah chapter 29. These are well-known verses to us, verse 11 through to 13, just to drive home the point that I've just made. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 13, God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You see, how do we find and discover the purposes and the plans of God for our lives? It is only through the vehicle of prayer. God says, you will call upon me, 
and you will go and pray to me and then I'm going to listen to you and then I'm going to show you who you really are, what you have been called to do and how you are called to do it. All of these things come through the vehicle of prayer. So prayer therefore becomes the birthing canal of God's purposes, God's thoughts, and God's plans for your life. Prayer will shape the future of our walk with God in our divine destiny. You have a destiny that you need to fulfill while you remain here on earth. I have a destiny. God has a purpose for my life. And I want to stand one day before God and say to the Lord confidently, Lord, I have run my race. I have kept the faith. And, and, and I have been faithful to do what you have given me to do. I mean, that is my prayer. That is my dream. That is what I long to hear God one day say to me, well done, you good and faithful servant. You were faithful. You have completed the mission that I've given you. Now, it is my prayer life, I believe, that shaped my future and my destiny. I am where I am today because of the prayers I prayed yesteryear and the year before that and many years ago. I am walking in the fulfillment of my prayers that I prayed 30 years ago. I chose this path. Oh, I chose it through my prayers. And my prayers fueled my passion to be found where I am found today. In fact, I believe with all of my heart that my prayers guided me to the place where I am today, both spiritually, relationally, as well as financially. And you know, what more can I say? I mean, these are some of the great benefits that your prayer will, will instill into your own personal walk with God. And it is my personal conviction that the failure of every Christian endeavor is related to prayer failure. Real spiritual work is done and executed in prayer. In concluding this discourse, I want to give you some indispensable tools for a lifestyle of prayer. I believe that knowledge and understanding, spiritual understanding, are key to an effective prayer life. In order to increase our knowledge in the area of prayer, we need to be willing to do our homework. Becoming successful, you know, in anything we want to do in our life, it takes time, it takes effort, and most of all, perseverance. When it comes to an effective prayer life, we must be willing, and I say that must be willing, to study the subject of prayer in depth. Study prayer. Meditate on the value of prayer and be willing to learn from others as well. I recall in my earlier years as a born again believer, 
when I took an interest in my own personal prayer life, especially when I got so frustrated as a result of my limited knowledge on how to pray, I got bored by praying the same thing over and over again. And my, my knowledge was so limited. I wanted to pray. My heart wanted to pray, but my knowledge was limited. I went out and I believe I was unconsciously led by the spirit and bought every book I could find on the subject of prayer. Uh, especially the books of Andrew Murray. Some of you who are older in the Lord would uh, have heard or have read some of his books, excellent books. They helped me a great deal on how to pray and how to wait on God. Then I ordered some teaching tapes on the subject of prayer and listened to those for hours on end. Listen to the same message on prayer over and over again, endeavoring to capture the spirit of prayer. Some things you catch, and I wanted to catch that anointing, that spirit of prayer that was upon the men that I opened my heart to, and they were teaching me on the subject of prayer. But most importantly, I prayed. We need to set a time aside to pray. The more you pray, I believe the better you become at it. You don't learn to how to do things by just studying a subject, but we learn by practice and we know that from experience. We don't learn how to drive by just studying and reading concerning the rules of the road. We get behind the wheel with a driving instru instructor and we drive under his watchful eye. Now the same thing with prayer. We get into our prayer closet. We say, well, I'm going to spend 15 minutes. Start with very small time or 10 minutes. I started with 10 minutes. Shut the door behind you. There you grow quiet. Listen. Just find the way that is suitable to you in how to have fellowship with God. Get into the prayer closet. And under the watchful eye of the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, and by practice, we learn how to pray. One of the things, and I'm going to share it with you, that has helped my prayer life was to go through the epistles in the New Testament and study the prayers that were prayed by the apostles who were inspired to pray for those they were writing to. And even to this day, I pray these prayers very regularly because these prayers, I believe, are Holy Spirit inspired. And we could pray them for ourselves as well as for our loved ones. And I want to give you a couple of examples here as we close. For example, let's take a look at one of those prayers that Paul prayed for one of his most beloved churches, the Philippians. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, and we will read from verse 8 through to 11. Philippians chapter 1, verse 8 through to 11. I will wait just a few seconds until you find it. I'm going to read it from both the New King James Version as well as the New Living Translation. 
Paul writes and he says to them, for God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Notice that Paul loved the people he sent these epistles to and he prayed for them. He says, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's read that also. I'm going to read that from the New Living Translation. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always with the of your salvation the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. What a wonderful and spiritual prayer to pray, not just for ourselves, but to pray for our family as well as for our congregation. He says, I pray that your love will increase, will overflow, towards God, towards one another. He says, I'm praying that you will keep growing in knowledge and spiritual understanding so that you may live pure and blameless lives in Christ Jesus, that you may be filled, he says, with the fruits of righteousness, that your character may produce the kind of fruit that will bring glory and honor to the Lord. What a beautiful prayer to pray. And, and I encourage you, pray this prayer for you, for your husband, for your wife, for your children, for your grandchildren. Pray it for our fellowship. It's a spirit-led prayer that can always be prayed. Another prayer that I often pray is from Paul's epistle to the Colossians. Let's uh, look at Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through to 12. Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read this one from the New Living Translation. And he says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. What a beautiful prayer to pray for our fellowship as well. It's, these are prayers that, 
that really bring about an, an atmosphere in the lives of those that you are praying for. I mean, for instance, he says, this is what I'm praying for, that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And then he says, with wisdom and spiritual understanding. I mean, if we have the wisdom of God, we are already on the way to success and victory in every sphere of our lives. And these are prayers that are very powerful that we can pray them. And so I want to encourage you. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, go through the New Testament. Study these prayers and pray them for yourself, for your loved ones, and for our fellowship. I've learned something recently very powerful. When we're praying for someone, we create an invisible shield around them. Invisible shield of protection, especially in the day that we are living in. We create a spiritual refuge for the person we're praying for, for the people we pray for. That's why prayer is so vitally important. So I want to conclude my message by encouraging you. You may, you, 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 you may not, uh, how can I put it? You say, Pastor, I'm struggling in prayer. I, I find it difficult. I, I don't feel like praying many times and all of that. But I encourage you, take a few minutes every day. Do what Jesus said. Go into your room. Shut the door there. God can see your heart and he will reward your efforts. And slowly, slowly, you will build on your prayer life, and there will come a day when prayer becomes a joyful experience rather than a religious duty that you have to perform. So I want to conclude my message by praying for you, and I want to pray this prayer that Paul prayed for the Philippians, the church that he loved so much and he was very close to. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the ministry of prayer. Your word encourages us to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we, might, that we may find grace and, and, and mercy and help in a time of need. Thank you that when we pray the way you have showed us how, you always listen and you always answer. So we thank you, Lord. And this is my prayer. I pray for my spiritual family. I pray for our flock, those that are here in the city of Cape Town and those that are far, scattered abroad in every nation. I pray that our love will overflow towards you and towards one another and towards all people more and more. And that, Father, we will keep on growing in knowledge and spiritual understanding. Father, I pray that we may come to a place where we understand what really matters so that we may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May we always be filled with the fruit of our salvation, the righteous character that is produced in our life by Jesus Christ. For we know that this will bring much glory and praise to our Heavenly Father. We ask this 
in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.